Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the second edition of Believe in Vikings. We did the post-game recap of the dreary Eagles game. Put that behind us. Have moved on to the upstart Detroit Lions, who are like suddenly this offensive powerhouse through two weeks. We're going to preview the Vikings-Lions contest at many, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend in Minneapolis. i got Brian McKinney with me, Ron Saw. Sally is off tonight, but we do have Will Goodwin from VikingsTerritory.com, who is joining for the 25 minutes or so. So we're going to hash out Vikings-Lions. That's on the docket. Foremost, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are Sally List tonight. She's having a girls' night, I believe. I've asked for her prediction. I think she picked the Vikings, but she hasn't texted me back. When we get to our prediction segment, we will we'll have her chime in, hopefully. But we're going to unpack this upcoming Lions matchup in the history of our show, which is a little over two years now. Usually when the, the Lions come up, it's a pushover. However, all of a sudden, they are young and good, and their offense is as follows. They have scored the most touchdowns in the NFL. They have the best yards per rush. They've scored the second most points. They've gained the fourth most yards. And then between EPA per play on offense, they rank seventh in the league. And offensive DVOA, they rank eighth. So suddenly through two weeks, just two games, they're it on offense. And it's like, wow, that came out of nowhere. So, Ron, these Vikings who played shitty defense on Monday, is this game going to be a shootout? I wouldn't describe it as um, a potential shootout. Um, now, the Lions, obviously, they're much improved. They're not you know, the Lions of old because they do have some fight to them. They do have, um, you know, they're building something there. But I say that in the sense that they're still in the process of building. Now, I'm not saying the Vikings are established and built, but I feel like we're ahead of them in the curve, um, kind of like it's always been for the last, you know, 20 plus years. So, <laughs> um, but now, you know, kudos to them for, you know, Jared Goff, he's playing with confidence, playing well. DeAndre Swift is a hell of a player. Um, and the, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's got that chip on his shoulder, so I would not bet against him, you know, going forward because he clearly is playing with that edge, and I like to see that out of a player. Um, but the difference is it's at U.S. Bank Stadium. We're at home. 
Um, we're coming off of, you know, laying a turd in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the things that are being said post Philly, um, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Like, it's not, there's a lot of accountability there. It's not just um, blame one way or another. It's everyone had their play or had their finger in it. Um, so I like that coming in or coming off of that game, going right into Detroit. Um, so while I don't see it being a blowout win, I think the Vikings win handily. Um, the lions are going to get their points because they do have a good offensive line, a good running game and a competent quarterback play. Um, but I think the Vikings do find a way to, um, pull ahead late. Um, you know, and, and it being, you know, at least seeing them cover the, what is it? Six, six and a half that it's at right now. Bryant, um, we've done this show multiple times for Lions Week, and I think the last time on the show I pulled the numbers, and when you were the left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, they were 16-2 and against Detroit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the dominance was there. Tell me your Lions memories, big man. Hey, that was a game that we always – Mark Dawkins is going to be a win. So it's, it's, it's like a little, like – funny now that this is a game that you aren't really sure how it'll go like you know what I mean like I mean because it seems like both um you know their offense is doing pretty good it seems like how we got to see how our defense kind of adjusts to their offense and then I don't know if their defense is too good so our offense should you know kind of be you know hold a pretty decent against them so I don't know it's kind of like you gotta see now and that's what I said, too, when, when I watched um, Detroit play the Eagles and how they played the Eagles. And even though it was at home for Detroit, I was just wondering, like, were the Eagles, like, just not as good or was Detroit – has Detroit gotten better? And I do feel like Detroit has gotten better. Yeah, they, they have indeed. The, uh, the two times that they beat your Vikings were September 2007. So right away – Adrian's we, rookie year. Yep, Adrian's second game. And then I think you're – your last game as a Viking um, that was in Detroit in January of 2011. So right at the end of the 2010 season, I don't know if you remember that. Was one that the, the, after um, the dome collapse? Was that that yeah, game? That, that would, well, yeah, that would have been probably about two or three weeks after it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Oh, that's right. Cause we played in Detroit. Yeah. Um, and that was, what was it the giants or whatever giants. Yeah. played in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesday yeah. Night football. When yeah. uh, when Bryant talks about you know we we expected to win, it was correct. That's that's usually what mm-hmm. happened. Uh, Will, you're a newcomer to the show. I'm gonna ask you the shootout question. Do you believe in the stats and hype on the Lions' offense versus this suddenly confusing Vikings' defense? I'm not quite there yet on the Lions. Um, Last year and then moving into this year with their new coaching staff, especially their head coach and his his machismo and his his energy, um, I think it has picked the franchise up a little bit off the off the doormat. Um, but I'm not I'm not sold yet. I think it's it's way too early in the season to be sold on a team that has that has been in the cellar for so long. Um, I think their offensive line is real. I think their running game is real. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is a problem. But I don't. I, I have no fear of Jared Goff. Um, I think his numbers have been fine early in the season, but he hasn't played particularly well. If you watch their games, um, he's still got very many Jared Goff-esque mm-hmm. throws that are just leaving much to be desired. So, shootout, not quite. I think it'll be high-ish scoring. Um, we can get into you know final scores at the end, but I actually have a very similar look as Ron. Um, 
it'll be relatively closely contested. I think we'll pull ahead at the end. Um, I do think we will cover the six point spread, which is actually kind of a, a lot, a large spread for mm-hmm. this game, honestly. Um, but I do think based on us getting, you know, the, getting the crap beat out of us on Monday, I think the energy, the excitement, the um, enthusiasm of the coaching staff and the, and the team and the roster, I think that will, that will carry through into this game. I think they're going to respond well. So I see the Vikings winning. I think it'll be high-ish scoring, but it's not going to be a shootout. I, uh, my homie in Germany, Janik Eckhart, who also writes for Vikings Territory, we created this quarterback machine that uh, uses PFF, uh, CPOA, <clears throat> or excuse me, the Ben, ben Baldwin's analytic metric, I can never remember, EPA, CPOE, and uh, DVOA. And Goff is playing uh, to the clip of the 19th best quarterback in the league right now. So it's right now he's doing a somewhat wonderful job at game management while the rest of the offense is there. And yeah, their offensive line coming into the season was about top six by most uh, credible ranking entities. So they're doing their job. The weapons are there and Goff's doing just enough not to look foolish. The thing that confuses me about the Vikings defense is in the aftermath of this Eagles loss, uh, some of the powers that be are saying like, well, yeah, we got to take away one aspect of their game. So if we become this this poor run defense. So at least we can have a secondary. And I'm looking at this roster and I see Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, Eric Kendricks, Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, Harrison Smith. And I'm like, why do we have to be a shitty defense? Like, I don't get it. I, I don't think we should like throw in any type of flags that says, all right, we know we're not going to be good. So we're just going to allow six yards for carry and hope for the best taking away the big play. Like I, there's got to be a defensive coordinator on the planet that can make these guys good. And so I, I'm not quite thinking that we need to write the obituary on the defense. I think they they tried something funky against the Eagles, and it was like this buzzsaw phenomenon. Um, so we'll, we'll get more proof in the pudding against the Lions. And to that point, too, it's like, yeah, there's a bunch of names out there that are established vets that have been productive. Now, again, if looking at Monday's game, that, to me, that was a hundred percent scheme. Like they, they played scared. Like they didn't want to rush too hard and then let Jalen hurts beat them with his legs. So they gave him the time to throw it and he picked them apart. Uh, why there was no, you know, press at the line. Um, I get AJ Brown is a monster. He's one of the most physical receivers in the league. So you're not going to jam him up, but you got to You can't let him get to a spot uncontested. Like that's like, you know, it's it, not saying he's Randy Moss, but Randy Moss, if you let him just run, he's running by you. Like, mm-hmm. even if you have two guys on it, he's going to run by you. You got to disrupt that early. And fortunately for the Lions, or at least for the Vikings case for the Lions, yes, Amon Ross St. Brown is a hell of a player. Um, he's very physical as well. Uh, but DJ Chark doesn't scare me. Um, you know, Josh Reynolds, while he's a quality slot receiver, he doesn't scare me. TJ Hawkinson's good in the middle of the field, but they don't have the weapons outside all around that the Eagles have. And they especially don't have that scrambling quarterback aspect. So if it, they, to your point, Dustin, it, I don't want it to be just take one or the other because yeah. yes, it's like DeAndre Swift, he is problematic because he's very shifty, very elusive. But one thing I've noticed in watching him, he doesn't like contact. Like if you if you start to hit him, um, then he's gonna angle to the to the sidelines and out of bounds all the time. Um, I think Hard Knocks actually kind of really exposed that with Deuce Staley yelling at him. Um, like I want you to go inside, like all this. But he in his whole career, he's 
seems scared of contact. Um, I don't know if it's injury or what, but if you can get some hits on them, you know, hopefully Lewis seen, get some playing time and um, again, not taking cheap shots, but let's give him a pounding. <laughs> like yeah. he's, he's not a big guy. Um, so yeah, they just play football, see what happens, but don't play scared. Don't play soft. Yeah, I think that, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's it because I, I refuse to just think, Oh, well, they're not going to be good. Like they got the guys to be good. Uh, Bryant, one of the thing that's been odd so far is that Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen have been kind of minimized in terms of their role. So would you think that that's more of a, like a learning curve inside of a new offense, or is this like a an age, like they're starting to slow down type of ordeal? Maybe a learning curve, uh, just really getting familiar with the offense, and then they should become a little more productive probably like week four or five, if anything. But um, they need to kind of get them more productive like right away. Um, yeah. Uh, and that way you can't, um, you know, it's not just strictly a passing situation that you'd be able to run the ball, some, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Yeah, that's that's was an oddity. Cousins was the leading rusher on Monday night, and they only ran the ball a handful of times, which is very weird. In, in, in any Vikings game under any coach. Um, they were behind, too. So when you're on the yeah. road and you're behind a lot, they try to pass a lot more, though. Um, but they got behind early, so I still feel like they had a fair chance to kind of run the ball a little bit and see how, you know, what type of success they would have running the ball. But I, I do know coaches always feel like when you're on a row and you're behind, you're going to throw, throw, throw. Yeah. Uh, Will, so Adam Thielen through quarters one through three in games one and two. So first three quarters of the first two games, only been targeted three times, and they got him involved during pure garbage time, and he ended up leading the team in receiving. I doubt anybody was like, oh, look at this badass. He did well. Uh, so between he and Cook, is, is is it your opinion that these guys are getting used to this or Connell's getting used to them? Or do we need to be lur- worried about age related? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Declines. I have a different take on both of them. So with Cook, I'll keep it short. I'm not worried. I actually thought he looked like he had a burst in week one. Um, I think week two was kind of like what Brian said. It's just the circumstances dictated throwing the ball. And so when you get behind and you have three, three and outs in the first half and you barely have the ball, you don't really have a chance to establish a running game. So I don't really have a worry about Delvin Cook, frankly, um, at this point in the season. With Adam Thielen, he looks a little slow. Um, you know, Bryant, you would know more about getting getting players involved in a new scheme and, and, and getting comfortable there. But from my perspective, what I'm seeing right now is it doesn't feel like he's getting separation. He looks a little bit slower than he has been in the past. Um, the thing that I do like with Thielen moving forward, and even if he kind of slides sort of back into the wide receiver three role, is he he is sort of a Kirk Cousins security blanket. And even if he only gets three receptions a game, he can still have an impact on the team. So I'm not so much worried about his ability to impact the game. I think just looking at what I'm seeing so far, though, I think it might be 
age and a little bit of decline. And he is 32. So, yeah. you know, it's around the age where that could theoretically happen. But the weird part, not about what you said, but the, the broader context is he is the security blanket. And we've needed some damn security here, especially against the Eagles. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't start trying to find him until the game was yeah. meaningless. So I would expect, uh, I think I was talking, was it Josh Fry today, who said that he predicted two touchdowns for Thielen against the Lions because he refused to believe that all of a sudden they just lost a step and this ain't going to work anymore. And uh, I, I've spent a better part of two days trying to figure out if this is Thielen not being able to get open suddenly for a weird reason or if, if he's just been a footnote based on how a non-Zimmer offense ticks, which would be very odd. Yeah. So one little thought on that, Dustin. I think it's I think it's an interesting point, and honestly kind of goes back to my thought about Cook and just the lack of usage is that, so week one, Jefferson was wide open all game. Yeah, so that's what you're Josh, throw him the what ball. Josh said too. You're going to throw him the ball. Who cares about everybody else? And that's why we didn't two, talk about this last week. We didn't care. Yeah. Like week two, though, you know, you get you get these three and outs and the game plan sort of goes haywire. So in some ways, there's not a whole lot to be made at this point about his targets. But I think there's something no, no, there's something to read into it. But I don't want to read too much into, you know, two sort of weird games mm -hmm. that um, maybe played out differently than we thought. Two games that had like the identical score, but flipped yep. in so, so very different <laughs> directions. Uh, Ron, give me your Cook Thielen spiel. So, I mean, yes, I think it's natural that with Thielen, you're going to see some sort of a decline um, as far as athleticism goes. Um, but I still think he, I mean, I still think he's one of the best number two receivers in the NFL. Um, he could still be a number one on a lot of teams. So while he may not have the, the straight line speed, um, you know, he's definitely got that short area quickness to be a slot receiver. Um, so I'm not worried about him. Dalvin. Um, yes. Like Will said, um, I saw a lot of bursts there against the Packers. You know, he's just his first cut, his instincts, they were all there. Um, I will say this and I'm not dogging on him at all, but the first part of the game, he looked very disinterested to me. Um, like, you know, he dropped a couple passes. Like there, there was just, it wasn't just him. There were a few players that just didn't seem like they came out ready to play. And I think, combine that with um, a lack of opportunities because I know whether it's running back or offensive line, it's they want to get those opportunities. They want to get in that rhythm. You know, it's like getting a, a jump shooter to the free throw line um, to see the first one go in um, and, and then, you know, getting a rhythm from there. So having six rushes, I'm not concerned about that. I think it's just, like you said, the way the, the game went. Um, so Dalvin does not, it does not discourage me. He'll come back. Um, the Lions defense also does not scare me. The, no. the two defenses we, we played previously are good defenses. We have yeah. to give them credit. Even yeah, we Packers, said that like, too. Three weeks ago, we said this. Yeah. So even with the Packers, like, yes, I know Alexander, whether or not he was matched up with Jefferson or not, that means that if he's not on Jefferson, he's likely on Thielen. So that's a tough matchup. James Bradbury and, um, and obviously Slay, who locked down Jefferson, that's a tough matchup. This week, um, Amari, a Aruarier, whatever his name is, he doesn't scare me. Jeffrey Okuda, he doesn't scare me. Um, so Cousins always seems to have very good games against Detroit, whether it's here or in Detroit. I expect to see that again. I expect to see Thielen, you know, I don't know about the two touchdowns, but he's going to have, you know, a five, six reception game, um, like likely an opportunity to score. Um, but I think 
yeah, I wouldn't be concerned about those guys going into this game. Um, and I'm actually hoping that Aiden Hutchinson plays because I want to see our offensive line get t- continue to get tested week in, week out. Um, I want to see Darisaw's development against the best players that he's going to see. Um, well, again, if he if he misses time, obviously that's a huge advantage because he had three sacks in the first half. <laughs> On uh... Yeah, so you'll what the headline you'll hear about the Lions defense is that Aiden Hutchinson had those three sacks, which is lovely, good for him. But on the whole, um, per defensive EPA per play, they are the third worst defensive club through two weeks. So they have been winning because of offense and nothing to do with defense. Uh, Brian, in week one, the Vikings took care of business and then equally kind of wet the bed against uh, Philadelphia. So are you panicked at all going into this Lions game or describe your panic meter, if any? No, I'm not panicked. Um, a lot of teams, when they lose and they come back and they try to regroup and they want to get that feeling of the loss out. So I think a lot of those guys on that team have the same feeling I have. It's like Detroit it should be a team that we should beat. Mm-hmm. And even if Detroit is playing at a high level, I do think they're capable of raising their level and, and still getting a win with Detroit because it's at home, correct? Yes. Right. So I think they should be able to pull that off at home. After a loss like that, do do you go in the locker room or other players go in and say, man, that shit was bad or, you know, talk about it? Or is it just just unspoken, moving on? Like, do you get fired it's up? Like that, it was a Monday night game. It, it's, it's more of a move on thing because you don't have yeah. Monday to come <laughs> and watch film. So it's like you're off on Tuesday you're right now to the next game. So uh, for them, they didn't really get a chance to see a lot of their mistakes. Um, so at this point, you just got to kind of just shake that off and just like now focus. You like went to Detroit, so you come back, you know, you can't even dwell on that game because it was a Monday night game. You don't have no time to, to, to revisit it. Okay. Also yeah. on some, on a game like that, when it is a Monday night, obviously the team travels home right away. Is yeah. that like, usually like, so you don't have that time. Like it, you know, it's not like a three o'clock game or game end or whatever, and everyone's awake, ready to go home or whatnot, and you're kind of maybe chatting about it. People are probably trying to sleep, re- relax, or whatever. Um, is there any discussion, like internally on the plane, about how poorly it went, and like, or at that point, everyone's just going to distance themselves? Um, they're playing by a lot of coaches are watching it on their little laptops, and they're going through the games during that during the course of their ride back. And they're, they're really looking at what took place. So as far as coaches and players, there's no real conversation. Players are probably just interacting and talking about plays made or they didn't make during it. But as far as coaches, they, I always see them on their laptops and their, um, or their iPads or whatever, and they're watching the game. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Will, describe, if any, your panic meter heading into week three. But they grade you, too, so they're probably grading you. Oh, okay. Right. All right. Uh, my panic meter is very low. Okay. Um. I think I was on my load the box show an hour ago and Jordan Hawthorne, my co-host asked me the same question and I put it on a scale of one to 10. I gave it a three, um, bad game on Monday, but I think, I think we'll flush it. Um, I think there's enough pride in the locker room to flush it and move on. Um, I also saw us being one and one at this point. Yeah. We always forget that. <laughs> just because we lost in a bad way, it doesn't mean that, you know, all of a sudden it counts as two losses. It's still one. It doesn't matter by how much you lose. So it was a horrible game. It's one to forget. Um, there's a lot of things to clean up, but I also think 
a new coaching staff with a lot of, you know, eagerness to show what they're made of, I think they're going to rebound well. And, um, along with, along with obviously the team. So I'm not terribly concerned. Um, you know, if you talk to me on Sunday afternoon and we got our heads beat in by Detroit, then it's a different story, but where we sit today, I'm not really that worried. My, my panic is only on the defensive side of the ball. And it's kind of to my speech 10 minutes ago that I don't want to be a part of a community for a team. That's it. it if it's going to be like it was when I was a teenager where nobody tackles and every game feels like it has those 37 points. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I got spoiled with the way Zimmer coached and that it, for the most part, the defense was somewhat competent and for six years, damn good. Uh, so I, I hated to see that that is in their DNA somewhere and that it could rear its ugly head if they were actually good and they got to the playoffs. I hate to have that game out there now in my memory bank, but this is the way it goes. We talked about the precedent for Super Bowl winning teams. Three of the last four have got their asses beat by 17 or more points. The 2021 Rams, the 2020 Bucks, courtesy of the Saints, and then the 2018 Patriots got smoked by the Titans before they went and won a Super Bowl. So my panic meter is only um, because I guess I didn't think we'd see a stinker this early. Uh, Ron, tell us about yours, if any. Yeah, I mean, mine... it right around wills three maybe even less because again like i said going into the year this was one of those games that i had us as a loss um even in my four and two five and one into the buy type prediction this was one that i didn't see um that we had a great chance to win um now obviously as the game got closer i was like hey we have a shot but even monday night approached it was my confidence was waning so um, yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. Now, again, to your point, if the lions go out and they kick our ass, that's a different story, um, but it's also exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also look at it from the standpoint, um, and Brian, you can say whether or not like this is right or wrong, but you go out and you get your ass kicked. Um, sometimes in my mind, it's a lot easier to turn the page than it is. If there's one play that left that was left on the board, because here it's like, we did nothing right. Let's move on, move on to the next game. But if there's one player, a fumble or a turnover, in our case, a missed field goal, um, there's a lot that you may be thinking about rather than moving on, turning the page, moving on, that you're going to, you know, be thinking about the past. So, um, you know, Brian, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, is it as a player, is it better to just move on from, you know, just getting taken behind the woodshed (laughs) or would you rather lose a close game and be able to come back and prove yourself again? Um, well, you have to move on from a loss. You can't do it on that. But to so wait, what is the question? Like, is it easier to move on, like from a game where you just dominated, or a game that was a close one that you know you lost on like a last second, or you know one play decided it? It was definitely easier to move on from a game that you dominated. <laughs> no, you get dominated. Got dominated. Right. right. Oh, God dominated? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it easier to lose by 20 or um, by that was two? Probably easier, uh, it, that was probably easier to move on from a game that you got dominated, though. Because, like, a yeah. close game, you're just thinking about the small things at yeah. that point that would have made a difference. Like, if the person would have made that uh, extra point. Just, like, little small minute things, like the penalty, like little penalty. Like, right. little things that drive you crazy, and you'll look at it and be like, if we would just did this, if we just did that, like – we could have won. So yeah, but if you got dominated. <laughs> and that's what I was alluding to in the sense that it, I, it's, I feel like it's harder to move on knowing that you let one get away, but if you didn't have a shot in it at all, then it's like, 
you know what? Wasn't our night. Let's go. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Ron, why it's easier. Why 1998 lives in our memory more so than 2017, like, because it was within, you know, our salivating grasps. And in right. 2017, you were there, we just got our faces kicked in. Yeah. And that was that. And oh one, do you two for the forty one donor <laughs> yeah. for that matter? Like, yeah, that was even more egregious. I completely forget about that game that being yeah. the NFC championship. Yeah. All right. So Sally has texted in. She's picking the Lions. She didn't give a score, but she must be. I don't know if it's easier to do via text message, uh, but her optimism has evidently dipped a little bit. Um, I think the Vikings will win this somewhat handily, thirty four seventeen, mainly because I. I think they're going to find relief in a defense that's not very good. You're going to get to see the offense get back on track. And the thing that concerned me about the defense is that they thought that that would be a good plan against the Eagles in the first half. Whatever they thought, they could never do that again because that, that was mind-boggling. Well, that was why they didn't make any good halftime adjustment. Well, maybe they kind of did. They, they on defense, a... they, on yeah, defense they, did. they did. Nobody ever scored again in the game. Right. And they the special teams and defense gave the Vikings a few chances to nibble their way back in. But then, of course, mm-hmm. the offense was like, nah, no thanks. We're not doing this. Uh, but I say 34-17 and a somewhat convincing win to get back on track. Bryant, Vikings or Lions? I'm going to say the Vikings, and I'll say the score will be like 28-21. Um, oh I do okay. think it'll be like somewhat of a high-scoring game because I feel like both offenses are pretty – I feel like Detroit's defense isn't like the most dominant, so I feel like we could put up some points. But I do feel like the Detroit has a fairly decent offense, so they'll put up points as well. All right, so Vikings in a squeaker, according to BMAC. Uh, Will, what do you got? Put it on record. I got, I got Vikings 33-21. I think it will be close-ish, and I think we will score at the end to make it a double-digit win. Um, I think it'll be competitive. I, I don't think Detroit lies down, um, but I think the defense, like you said, Dustin will step up a little bit. I think Eric Kendricks has a big impact on this game. Um, we haven't really had many Eric Kendricks sightings yet, so I'd like to see that. Um, but, yeah. Relatively close game. Minnesota pulls at the end, 33-21. Ron, hit us with your score prediction. I'm pretty sure you're taking the purple. Yep. So I got the Vikings, and, you know, pretty similar to where we're all at. I got it 31-20. Um, I think, um, you know, like, you know, Will just mentioned as well, I think it'll be pretty close, um, but I think the Vikings will get a score late that will um, essentially ice it, and I don't think we have to worry about what we had to deal with at the U.S. Bank Stadium last year with the Lions. Oh, God. Uh, so, um, you know, that's the ultimate fear. So, um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's – I think Kirk's going to come out and have three touchdowns, um, no picks, um, and I think Dalvin's going to get in the end zone as well. So, um, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, our special teams continues to – they haven't been an issue at yeah, all Yeah, the lone bright nice spot. Yeah. Yep. The so, consistent bright spot, yep. I should say. But I just want to see. Uh, I just want to see some more pressure out of the defense. Like I, they have the talent. They ha- again, if they're healthy with Smith and Hunter, there's no reason that this can't be, you know, a top half of the league in as far as defense is concerned. Um, but I want to see some pressure. Um, and it's a tough old line. I mean, mm-hmm. from Taylor Decker, um, you know, Sewell. Um, they're they're going to be tough. Rag now in the middle. Um, so. It, this will be a good test because the the Eagles are health, also have a really good offensive line. But let's let's just scheme something up that's a little different. Three four is supposed to generate pressure and disguises. Um, Monday we did not see that. <laughs> All right, uh, Will. Thanks for joining us, sir. Where can we find you on the internet? 
you can you can find me on the internet in a couple different places. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Baker's VikingsTerritory.com, <laughs> one of his staff writers. Um, also, under the Vikings Territory umbrella is my Load the Box podcast, co-hosted with jo- uh, Jordan Hawthorne. And then lastly, on Twitter, at WillBadLose. Excellent. All right, uh, Ron, Bryant, and then Sally will be back on Monday night to discuss the Lions-Vikings game, and we'll chat for about 20 minutes in a post-game capacity. Anything else, gentlemen? That's it. All right, skull, baby. Talk to you next week. All right, have a good one. Later, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.